1: Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth.
2: Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about money, investing, and more. The show is dedicated to getting you to retirement. I pledge if you listen, I'm going to do the very best I can to do that. Typically, I try to slow things down and talk a little strategy in part of the show. Typically towards the end of the week, the podcasts that I put up on Fridays are the more strategic moments of the week, including what I add at the final show, the Friday show, per se. Nearly half of young adults in the United States are living at home with their parents. It's creating a very interesting stereo because they have jobs. They don't have enough jobs to go out and get their own apartment. They don't have enough pay they got to get their own home. But they have enough money to boost the luxury boom. It's estimated that around 48% of young adults are living with parents in 2022. That's similar levels in 1940s. Um, young Americans between the ages of 18 and 29. 48% live at home. I would have not known that. A... When I turned 18, I wanted to get the hell out of my house and never look back. And B, I've got a family and I'm raising children. So I don't really have that click. I don't know a lot of 18 to 29-year-olds. Factors like high rental costs, enrollment in higher education programs, and delayed marriage, or keeping young adults at home. When asked about the incentives to move in with parents, 51% said it was to save money. 39% of them said it was because they could not afford rent. Okay. Okay. Starting to make a little bit more sense. There's a company called Burberry and they make things like luxury scarves. they reported an 11% year over year increase in sales. Uh, Burberry is a division or part of Louis Vuitton, Moet, Hennessy, which owns brands including Dior, Tiffany, Moet, Hennessy, Louis Vuitton. They reported 19% year over year increase in revenue. And for the record, Burberry is not part of LVMH. I misstated that. This is very similar to what goes on in China, where the China has a culture where they really, really like to partake in the luxury goods sector. So who knew kids 18 to 29 living at home would be big consumers of luxury goods? That's what they do spend their money on, not saving for it, Not saving for mortgage, but on luxury items. If I can go back in time and destroy or kill any luxury item I ever bought, I would. Um, I'm just not, I'm not that guy. Maybe I am because I do like the Apple products, right? And I consider those luxury items. Got a great email this week. We're in our 40s, but only have about 20K in our 401Ks. Should we get a pro to help? Typically, the answer is going to be no. You don't have enough. Should you talk to someone like me? Yes. Should you offer to buy me a beer? Yes. But for 20K, there's not a lot I could do. And you're in your 40s. There's a good chance you're going to be working until the day you die. That's the advice I'm going to give you over a beer. They say that they have an additional 75 K to invest and are now in their mid to late forties. We could add $300 a month in additional funds. What types of investments would be smart? I would go with low cost exchange traded funds, ETFs. Um, Now in your forties, you still have many, many, many years to retire, but you should already, in my opinion, have at least a hundred K investments and it should be very turnkey. if you want to get to you know somewhere between one and four million dollars twenty k at age in your 40s <clears throat> i'm going to start thinking about how long can i work and where can i retire that's cheaper when i do retire so i'd start looking at your budget so you might live into your 90s so i want to say 20k is nothing but i would step up your savings as much as you can I would say more exposure to stocks than what a conservative model for your age would be, which is kind of interesting. If you have two people who are 40 years old, one of them has 100K and one of them has 20K. I would say the 20K needs to act like he's 30 and invest for a longer period of time and expose their assets to a little bit more risk than the the 100K family. I would work, I would consider working with someone like a Fidelity or a Vanguard. I would get a good book on investing like The Truth About Money by Rick Edelman. Super old, but it'll teach you all the basics. I would um, listen to a show like this. I would offer to buy someone like me a beer so I could sit there and go, okay, let me think. What would I do? I would start doing automatic saving things. People who use debit cards, I just don't really understand you. I look at you in line and I go, why are you using a debit card? And I don't say it out loud, but if there was a thought bubble above my head, you'd be like, back off, back off, dude. Don't don't tell me what to do with my money. But if you're in your 40s or like even my producer right now, he should get a good rewards credit card. And with his rewards, he should take the cash and invest it. Fidelity has one that will turn your, your spending into points. And it'll put your points into a 401k or an IRA, not a 401k, because typically you don't have a self-directed 401k. In theory, you probably could, but the credit card's really meant for like an individual retirement account. And I used that card when I was younger, so everything that I would spend, you know, some money would automatically go into an investment vehicle. I prefer my my credit card of of preference right now is the City Double Cash. And the Verizon card, because I use Verizon, the Verizon card gives me 4% off on all my groceries and 4% off all my restaurants and 4% off um, gasoline. That's that's good. And I put that money straight into my Verizon bill every month. Um, I'll take that 4%. If I were in my 40s and I only had 20K invested, uh, I probably have not an Apple phone, and I probably have a very cheap phone plan, if at all possible. I would lo- I would be very competitive on that. Yesterday, I said something that someone corrected me on. I said, you know, companies like GameStop really shouldn't exist because they sell a physical copy of a game, and I just download all games. And someone reminded me, like, oh, you're rich, Rob. That's considered luxury in the real world because some people buy the game, get the CD version of it, and then sell it back to GameStop for pennies on the dollar but still pennies on the dollar or they'll you know gift it to a son or daughter or someone else in the family kind of thing so i do sometimes forget that I, i'm a little out of touch but those are my two credit cards that i use 90 percent of the time then i have a travel card for flights and hotels i don't mind using my rewards and if i was 40 years old and only had 20k invested i would shift all my rewards into retirement savings because it just automates things for you Um, and do the 15% of your 401k match, um, you know, if your company's going to give you a three to 6% match, take it. And then, you know, legally put in and 15% of your paycheck up to the limit set every year. Depends on how much you make. It depends on where you want to retire. There's a lot going on with a simple question. Like I'm 40 years old and only have 20,000, but I want my 40 year olds to have over a hundred thousand invested. Otherwise I tell them you're probably going to work till the day you die. And that's okay too. That's a plan. It's it's better knowing that than not knowing it. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more.
1: You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. So one of
2: the things that surprises myself is a lot of times I'll talk about millennials. And... I've even worked to coin the phrase Zillennials, where you combine Generation Z with the Millennials. Um, Let's talk about the Millennials. Why are they important to me? Ultimately, if you start saving when you're under 30, you have a pretty good chance of getting to retirement. If you wait till you're 40, your odds go down a lot um i saw my dad work till the day he died and i didn't like that he you know he was in the military and he was retired a full colonel so he had a nice pension but he went into the private sector um and, and worked for some intelligence companies and, and ultimately i remember you know picking up his car after he had a heart attack and you know taking care of my dad when he got cancer but he was still working and he ultimately when he passed it was a lot of his You know, people that he was in his career with that came to his funeral. I don't want you to work till the day you die. I'm not going to say it scarred me, but let's say I noticed the heck out of it. Let's talk about millennials. Two economic recessions, a pandemic. A student loan crisis that definitely has put the wealth building journey into perspective. That's a big haul. It's a long road. With the younger half of the generation just making its mark on the labor market, the older half is entering prime earning years. Millennials are classified as those born between 1981 and 1996. The oldest members of the generation are in their early 40s, the youngest in their mid-20s. Many members of this generation are reaching their higher earning years right about now. Hopefully, they're doing their families, they're uh, building their business, and they're becoming homeowners. That's how the financial journey kind of plays itself out. But like I said, the generation X is different than the millennials. The millennials, generation X, I'm generation X, right? A student loan crisis wasn't an issue. Like you could work your way through college. You could take out relatively small loans. Now the loans aren't that small. I didn't finish paying off all my college debt until my early 30s, so I get this this analysis. But also, I had very little debt, and it was very easy to service. So, two economic recessions, a pandemic, student loan debt has really hurt the millennials. Millennials have an average net worth between roughly 76000 and $436,000. That's a pretty big range, right? According to a 2022 report, millennials doubled their total net worth, reaching $9.3 trillion in the first quarter of 2022, up from $4.5 trillion two years prior. Good. It was also a great time to invest. Up until this year, we hit 70 new highs last year. Compared to other generations, the average millennial's net worth only outpaces Generation Z. The average millennial under age 35 has a net worth of about 76,000. Those over 35 have a net worth of about 400,000. My generation, Generation X, has an average net worth between 400,000 and 833,000. If I can go back to high school right now, I just go, I got more net worth than you do, but I'm not going back to high school. The silent generation, the baby boomers... Uh, baby boomers plus the Silent generation have an average net worth over a million. Millennials earn more money than any other generation at their age. When I came out of college, a $30,000 job was kind of like the starting. You hope to get up to a fifty five sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year job. For millennials, the path to building wealth hasn't been without its challenges, obviously. Now we have rising inflation, higher cost of living, You've had multiple economic downturns. It's made it challenging for people to get on a road that's that's not bumpy, but that's smooth. It's been bumpy. And you'd rather have your retirement road smooth because it makes stressful scenarios like a down year a lot easier to handle. College is significantly more expensive than it used to be. College tuition has increased by 1,400% since 1978. That's four times the rate of inflation. And when you say the rate of inflation, that's not just the high price of food or the high price of gasoline. It's the wages and how they've paced up since 1978. So college is up 1,400% in cost since 1978. That's going to be the difference between my generation and my children's. You know, um, I remember paying, getting a student loan, not a student loan, well, a Pell Grant and things like that. But I remember getting a bill for a semester. I was like $3,000. I'm like, that's totally doable. Now it's not so totally doable. It's $40,000. And you're like, oh, oh, of millennials who took a student loan debt for their higher education delayed a major financial decision as a result of their debt. So 68% go to college, come out with that big debt, and they say, you know, I'm not going to get married in my 20s. That's a delay, a delay of financial decision. I'm not going to have a baby. I'm not going to get a house because those things all cost big money. And you you look at your two hands and you go, on one hand, this is how much I earn. On the other hand, this is how much things cost. and You're like, oh, I better hold off. For millennials between the ages 16 to 24 during the 2007 to 2009 recession, the unemployment rate hit a high of 19%. My generation, we never saw unemployment go really above 7% or 8% or 9%. That's as high as it got, not 19%. The COVID pandemic has set back the generation as well, considerably depleting wealth that was built. Um, According to a study, 38% of millennials received or sought financial help or assistance during the pandemic. 35% reported having spent their savings or delayed saving or paying off debt. If I were a millennial, I would make a plan to pay down my student debt. I would say that's a big one. I would see that as a liability. Homes are a liability because you have to pay your mortgage every month or you'll lose your home. New cars are a liability because you have to pay your car payment every month or your car will be repossessed. One minute. Student loan debt cannot be discharged by the IRS. They will go after it forever and ever and ever. So you have to pay it back. It is a liability. If I was a millennial, so I'd pay down my student debt, that would be a big circle. Um, Then I would start saying, I'm not going to slack on retirement savings. I'm going to build it in my cost of living. I did that in my 20s where I was like, I have to save $166 a month every single month before my rent of $300 a month every single month. So I was like $466. Then it was like my car payment was like $120 or something, $119. So I built my expenses starting with, I have to save for retirement. And if I was a millennial right now, I'd say, you know, Try to set up a safety net that protects your finances from having to dip into it. That that could be an emergency fund. It could be setting aside money. It could be smarter budgeting. A lot can go on there.
1: Don't want to work forever? Check out the Retirement Planning Guide on RobBlack.com. That's RobBlack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Every
2: now and then you see a headline story that you want to comment on, and I don't think this one has anything to do with money. Maybe. Let's see if we can make a headline into a financial point of the day. A huge aquarium in Berlin burst yesterday, spilling debris, water, and more than 1,000 tropical fish out of a tourist attraction known as the Aquadam in the heart of, German, uh, in, in the heart of Berlin. 264,000 gallons of water poured from the aquarium shortly before 6 a.m. this morning. Berlin's fire service said two people were slightly injured. That's a lot of water. That's a lot of dead fish, fifteen hundred dead fish.
1: That's terrible
2: efforts were underway to save an additional four hundred to five hundred smaller fish housing aquariums underneath the hotel lobby without electricity, their tanks were not receiving the necessary oxygen to keep them alive. What a horrific story, and what's what's interesting i don't I eat fish and I don't really look at fifteen hundred dead fish and I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's something I can't comprehend. It's worthy of note. There's no financial tie to this other than it was an accident. Um, And that's why you have insurance. Every major thing that I've ever used insurance on, I've never really seen coming. Um, Let me give you an example. I moved into a home 18 months ago, and last December, California got hit with a massive uh, December rain. And there was one pipe that was clogged on the roof, which led to water coming into the home, into my son's room. And basically, I woke up to a waterfall in his bedroom. Now, it's interesting to note he has an Xbox, he has a TV in his room. The damage didn't hit the Xbox or the TV. It just went literally from the second floor into the first floor as a waterfall. So I had to obviously open the drain, get the water away from that area, redirect it out into the yard. But then I had to deal with a waterfall in a room, which basically means the water came in, got to the roof on the other side of the roof not on the bedroom side, but in the middle of the house, sat there and and puddle up, puddle up, puddle up, and then basically burst through like a lighting fixture. So last year at this time, I was cutting, you know, the roof out of his room. What was a one foot by three foot hole was really probably a six foot by four foot damage roof had it dried out. Oh. Um, Interesting of note while I'm pulling out the uh, the white, soggy roof, which was going to mold is why you have to dry it out, right? I found a tool up there. Someone had left, uh, maybe it was a flashlight or a hammer. Someone had left a tool there the last time it happened. I don't think it was there when it was built. I think that uh, the room was prone to flooding. And it would have been nice if the owner had told me, like when I sold a home two years ago, I told the owner everything I could. I'm like, okay, when it rains, here's the trick to keep the water out of the driveway. When it does, when it gets and I, I showed him all the tips and tricks that I know on the house. Uh that was a ten thousand dollar roof repair in my situation. Uh, most of it was, you know, the labor of of cutting it out, and just resheeting it. Um, And painting, it wasn't that tough. You had to dry it out. It it was labor. Um, I'm good with, you know, fixing walls. I'm not that good with fixing walls. But um, it was an insurance situation. And I decided not to do the insurance claim because my deductible was right about the cost of the work. Now, I could have called my homeowner's insurance. I have USAA, which is one of those. You see the commercials for USAA? because your father served in the military, you get USAA. I really like USAA's insurance. I think they do a great job of covering their claims. I think they do a great job of um, call centers. Like I have no problems, no problems with USAA. But in the end, I chose not to claim a waterfall in my home and rather learn a lesson from it. Um, If you're one of those people that makes a lot of claims, and let's put it this way. I've got a friend who um, uh, is in love with a particularly young woman who she seems to sue a lot of people. So he tells me, oh, yeah, she's uh, suing her doctor. Oh, yeah, she's she's suing a neighbor. I'm like, what's up with that? But if you use a lot of claims on your insurance, your insurance company is going to go, OK, you're a bad driver. I see that you had a claim where someone hit you in a parking lot or you had a claim where like and they'll start going they'll start raising your rates so i'm not one to use insurance unless i have to and i like learning lessons along the way learning the lesson that the room is going to turn into a flood on a regular basis i reworked the drainage system on the house so that a pipe takes the water away from the house and not onto a patio from the the roof. So I I changed the gutter alignment as I don't want to pay $10,000 a year every time there's a big storm. So the gutters were poorly thought out and it didn't take that much work to fix the gutters, but that's preventative medicine to me. Um, I think you should do everything you can not to let your health go bad you have health insurance for when you have a heart attack or when you have cancer. You don't have health insurance for being 20 pounds overweight. Take the weight off. Exercise. Do what you can. I know, I know, I know that sometimes people are genetically inclined to not lose weight. I get it. There's now a new drug that's made for diabetes that is working great as a weight loss drug. Um, take care of your health. You can't afford to lose it. Take care of your home. Maintain your home. Um, it, it sucks that the previous owner knew that their, the room was gonna flood and didn't tell me because I I want to save a lot of I want to save some money, want to save some time and some frustration. Now when it rains, I get a little post-traumatic stress where I'm like, are the gutters clean? Are the gutters clear? I never had that before this. Hopefully you have a story where you've learned from. There was another story I can tell you about an insurance claim that's a famous Rob Black story. Me and Juliet were in our young 20s and we got a townhouse together condo together and we lived on the bottom floor um and i didn't know that the t- floors above us essentially send trash down to the sewer third floor flushes it down it goes to the sewer which is under the first floor and i was on the first floor i didn't know that was something to be aware of so one saturday morning the toilet's gurgling and i'm like okay i've never heard a toilet girl it's talking to me so instead of waking up and being with the love of my life and Being young and sexy i wake up to girl 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 so i get the toilet plunger and i start plunging the toilet and it keeps gurgling it keeps oh there's some feces coming up in the bathtub i'm like what's going on this is bigger than me i don't know what the hell's going on so i go get an auger or you know one of those drills that you can kind of like uh put in the pipes and try to clear it out i'm thinking it's my toilet because I've never seen a clog in a bathtub. That doesn't make any sense to me. So what it was was 15 yards out of the home, it was clogged. So you had to get Roto-Rooter to come out and do a an industrial from the street pipe clear. Um, and before I knew that, the bathtub had overflowed with sewage. And I'm seeing tampons. I'm seeing chicken bones. I'm seeing stuff people flush, that they shouldn't flush. Uh, like, just, I want to vomit it just thinking about it.
0: I don't like where this is going.
2: So I literally had sewage come into my home. It was an apartment we were renting. You know, it wasn't anything fancy. Um, but it got on the rugs. And so you had to call a, a service master to come and cut that stuff out because that's just going to lead to health problems. Um. I called the owner, you know, uh, two hours in. I'm like, there's something bubbling up. I don't know what to do. And he got service master out there and he got Roto-Rooter out there. Um, but he was a 45-year-old man. I'm a 22, 23-year-old man. And I didn't know. Hopefully, you learn from your natural uh, disasters that happened in your life. Um, so, I always say, insure what you can't afford to lose. I'm glad that I had renter's insurance. It did not get to the point of the poop actually getting to the bedroom, so it didn't hit mattresses and couches and stuff like that. But I didn't have to have a claim. It was nice to know that I had renter's insurance in case this turned into an issue. I always thought renter's insurance, and this is, again, just me being naive as a 20-year-old. I was like, if I get a nice TV and my roommate steals it, I always thought roommates were going to steal from me. I always thought that's why I had to have insurance. I've got a computer. What if my roommate sells it? So, sure what you can't afford to lose. Um, one of the best things you could do is floss. You can't afford to lose your teeth. You can't afford to lose your health. You can't afford to get into a car crash and hit a car with four lawyers in it. It's sure what you can't afford to lose. So, I don't overinsure and I don't use insurance as a payday. I use it as worst case scenarios. And I hope you've learned something from the things that go wrong in your home. Preventative maintenance is a lot easier, like flossing, than replacing teeth with dentures. Do you see why you want to prevent it? I do. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more.
1: Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com powered by EP Wealth.
2: I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I want to get to retirement. That's really the goal of the show. In my 20s, the goal of the show was to beat the markets. I found that to be easy because I grew up at the time of video games. When I was seven, you would go to the arcade and play Pac-Man. You'd drop quarters in because the technology was too expensive to put in your home. So someone had to buy a big... Piece of equipment and say fund it with quarters, and I blew a lot of money as a kid at the arcade. So the reason sometimes I tell you things like my father was an alcoholic, I probably pushed his alcohol a little further because like dad, I need quarters, I need money, dad, I need, I gotta go to the arcade to play Dragon Slayer. Which, if you look up Dragon Slayer, was kind of all that in a bucket of chicken for its age. I think it was a laser desk arcade game. So the mechanics weren't great, but let's just say I grew up at the right time to understand that graphics were going to be an important thing. computing power is going to be an important thing. Um, in my, in the 1990s, I made a lot of money on companies like Microsoft and Intel. And then I made a lot of money on companies like NVIDIA and Apple. Cause I understood technology a little bit better than the wall streeters. I am slightly proud of that. But at the same time, I'm also very realistic to say, um, I just think I was born at the right time. Money, investing, and more. Let's get you to retirement. That's the goal of the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I do want to get you to retirement. And for me, that's a big number, like a million to four million dollars. it's kind of a distance run. If you start in your 20s, it's a lot easier to do a marathon if you look at it as, I need to do one mile at a time. If you try to do all 26 miles, immediately it's not going to work. So we all make mistakes. Trying to cut down on your mistakes helps you get to retirement. Let's go over the top mistakes people make when dealing with retirement. Number one, should we get 10 down to one? Yeah, let's get 10 down to one. Number 10, um, being too aggressive. 21% of people make that mistake. Um, do you kind of wish your portfolio had a little bit more value and income this year? But last year, you were like, I'm all in growth stocks and we're hitting all-time records 70 times this year. It's wonderful. But this year, you learned the downside of being too aggressive, whether it was speculative stocks who aren't earning money, I own one stock that's not earning money. If I own 20 total stocks, I own one that's not earning money. So I'm down more like 11% this year versus 20% of the markets. Because my my shift to income, now again, was I up as much as the markets last year? I was because of the stock picking, but not because of my market timing. Have we hit new lows? right now i think we're learning companies that aren't earning money and cryptocurrencies are really really speculative the anti-version of really really speculative is warren buffett he's very conservative um he goes with companies that have massive free cash flow fcf number nine mistake that people make when dealing with retirement is underestimating real estate costs if you paid off your mortgage by the time you retire you will still be facing rising property taxes, insurance and maintenance costs. If you don't own a home in your retirement, you're going to pay rent, and those costs rise as well. So you have to factor in your real estate cost into your retirement. The number eight mistake people make when dealing with retirement is relying too much on Social Security. Social Security Administration reports that the average benefit is $20,000 a year. And for about two-fifths of people over 65, their Social Security benefits accounts for at least half of their income. So two-fifths, 40% of people over 65, more than half their income is at $20,000. So they're living off $40,000. It's not a lot of money when you look at the cost of a roof and look at the cost of a car. Things that you need to replace in retirement. Even the most prosperous of retirees may not realize that Medicare will not cover the long-term stay in a nursing home. There's a lot of cost as you age. I, my spouse, her best friend, is dealing with a father who died two years ago with a very sloppy will that favored the daughter over his son. So the son hates her, her brother. But also, the mother, instantly after the husband died, basically had two strokes and started getting dementia and is in an old folks' home, and that's $100,000 a year in the Bay Area. Number six, no, number seven on the list. So, number 10 was being too aggressive with investments. Number nine was underestimating real estate costs. Number eight was uh, relying too much on social security. Number seven is failing to understand income sources. Retirement used to depend on three-legged stool, your pension, your savings, and social security. Today, hardly anyone has a pension. And the other two legs are not strong enough to support your whole retirement. One minute. So we used to count on the pension, your savings, and social security. Pensions aren't really offered now. It's You have to do your own 401k with companies. They don't want to be on the hook for paying you unless you work for the state government or the federal government. You get the idea. Number six on the list is forgetting to factor in healthcare cost. costs. 39% of Americans fail to do that. The average 65-year-old couple will need $315,000 to cover future healthcare costs. Number five on the list is setting unrealistic expectations of stock returns. Uh, yeah, you're not going to get 20% every year. I would aim more for 6 to 10%. And 2 to 4% of that is going to be eaten away by inflation. You've got to lower your expectations to hit the goals conservatively. You don't want to be too conservative in retirement. that's a mistake. You don't want to overestimate your investment income. You need one million dollars to retire. It used to be the common thought because you could get four percent on that and get pay yourself forty thousand dollars a year. It's a trickier calculation than that. Anyhow, those are some of the top mistakes people make. I want to get you to retirement. That's the goal of the show. Thanks for listening. I'm Rob Black.
1: For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com.